Talkin' 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 Tunes. Hey, you're listening to Talking Tunes. My name's Vakle, I'm a music producer and the host of this podcast. It's a music podcast series where I invite artists in for a talk about their songwriting and production processes. Each episode is focused on one artist and one song of their choosing. This is the fourth and final Roskilde Festival special, and today I'm talking with Lydmor. Lydmor has been on the Danish music scene for quite a while now, and I was pretty excited, as I always am to be honest, to record this one. She has lots of talents, like enchanting electronic live performances, producing, soundscaping, songwriting, singing, and from what I've heard, she's just quite the strong-willed artist. In this episode, we talk about mixing like Justin Bieber does, vocal processing, inspirational travels, and a lot more. The song we're talking about is called Shanghai Roar and was on her latest album from 2018. This podcast is part of Girls Are Awesome, which is a platform and brand dedicated to redefining female representation in the media. We work in a number of ways to create more representation both offline and online, and we do our best to share stories of inspirational women. Our crew is a mix of guys and girls united around the idea that gender should never be a limitation. First up, let's take a short listen to Shanghai Roar by Lil Moore. And then the skyline sang a sound in Shanghai Litmore, I am an electronic musician and singer and composer and general troublemaker. So I am sitting here with Lydmor at Roskilde Festival and we're doing a little interview and it's the day after you played. Yes. How do you like Roskilde so far? Uh, this year has been absolutely mental for me. Like really crazy. I, uh, I've been doing a lot of stuff here. I I did a talk. I did. I had a speech. I held a speech, uh, and I played with Fabelin, a really great electro duo. And I played the biggest show I've ever played yesterday. So that's um, nothing to do in a week. Also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm tired. I'm, um, it's been crazy. I don't really. Like, I'm in that kind of mode where you're like thinking back on all the stuff that's happened and kind of like, was it real? <laughs> was it real or was it just a weird dream? Are you sleeping in a tent or a warm place? I am sleeping in a warm place. At I, least that helps. Yeah, <laughs> when when the festival kept packing stuff into my schedule, uh, at one point I was like, yep, now you're giving me a place to sleep. <laughs> and they're like, okay. So I'm, I have a, a boarding school close yeah. and I'm sleeping there. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So at least you get warm at night because right now it's both raining and cold and windy. Yeah, <laughs> fuck. I pity the people sleeping in tents. Yeah. <laughs> I feel so upper class saying that. Oh, I pity the lower classes <laughs> in their tents. I chose Shanghai Raw because Shanghai Raw is the key to my last album. 
Uh, I've made a concept album about my time in Shanghai. I lived there for half a year. Uh, and uh, Shanghai Raw is kind of the closest I get on the album to telling the actual story. Um, the album is a story, but I never wanted to tell the entire thing. I wanted there to be a lot of mystery. Um, but Shanghai Raw, I wrote that after I had a crazy night. And I wrote it in a cab. It took 10 minutes to write. And then it took a year to produce There's the sounds in it. I needed a very specific kind of sound. Yeah. Um, and it took a while to get it right. Um, but there's just there's so much in that song. And that's why I was like, oh, I want to talk about that. Because there's, there's a lot of things you can talk about with that song. Yeah, definitely. So when you say you wrote it in the cab, does that mean you wrote the lyrics? Yeah, and, and the melody. And the melody. Yeah, I was, I, I was sitting in the cab and I was singing into my uh, phone. I was like... Shanghai that whole thing. <laughs> uh, the cab driver was looking at me like I was crazy. <laughs> I was really like, "What are you doing?" Um, and cab drivers in China are generally uh, super angry at the world. And he was, cool. uh, yeah. <laughs> so he was looking at me like, "What are you doing?" He couldn't speak English, but yeah, he was probably saying stuff in Chinese that I didn't understand. Oh, we took a cab in vain, and in the haze we saw I describe how I'm, I'm standing in a hotel room, um, very high up in a very big building, and I'm looking at the skyline. And I have a feeling that the skyline is singing to me, and it's roaring like a lion. Yeah. Um, so, so in the, the lyrics I go, and, and then the skyline sang a sounding Shanghai roar. The city didn't sound like this before. Because I had that, I had a, it's about a night with a man. Uh, that was very intense. It was like a, we had a, it was a love story and a hate story at the same time. And I, that night was kind of like the, the climax of the whole thing. And the city changed. And, and I feel like we are always affected by our surroundings, but we are also affecting our surroundings. Um, I have a very strong belief in that imagination and reality are somehow closer linked than we in our normal lives like to pretend. Yeah. What you see in your eyes physically right now is as legit as what you are imagining. And, and in that sense, Shanghai changed that night. And that Shanghai is a really, really good city for teaching you that. Because it's a weird place. And it has, it has a magic quality to it. And there's a lot of wisdom to be learned there. I had this experience once where I, I, I felt the city was endless. And you, uh, a lot of people moving to Shanghai get this, this the point of no return, uh, where you either uh, you either get the city or you go home because you panic, because the city is so big. It's it's one of, it is by some means the biggest city in the world. And you crawl to the the top of the highest skyscraper you can find, and you look in each direction, and there's just more city, <laughs> and there's cars and more people, and it's just you can't see the end of it, and you feel so small. But then at some point you realize that the skyline was a mirror. And because it was always there, then so were you. And the whole thing kind of starts to make sense in a new way. I'm, this is getting very surreal. Uh, so in the song you start with a one note that's like bending up and down. Yeah, but the tone is like bending. Yeah. yeah. What is it? It's actually my voice. It is? Yeah, it's just pitched down. 
It's okay. a, it's. I think it, we took um, me and I, I worked with Trond Bersu from Norway. Yeah. It's a very talented uh, beat dude that I I used uh, for some for my album, and we took a part of my vocals where I was like saying something, and then we stretched it and bent it down, so that you can't have kind of like you know kind of like like bendy feeling. That's because probably in the original sample I was going. Yeah, you know. Um, so that's yeah, and of course your voice is vibrating. Yeah. Anyway, so if you do that, if you stretch it, you stretch then you get it. It gets slower, and yeah. then it's gonna have that become more sound, obvious. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I thought it was an instrument. I was like, maybe it's a theremin. Or <laughs> <laughs> it's a. There's a lot of voice that you don't know is voice on my album. Yeah, because my next question is, you have the vocal synth melody that comes in afterwards. Yeah. That's like more. But it's not so long. Yeah, notes. Yeah short notes and how did you make that i took my own vocals and i cut them to pieces and i played around with them okay, it's uh, so really like when creating like for me like creating vocal melodies like that you know the the the, the synthy ones yeah. not the the real lead vocal yeah but the synthy ones it's just i, I take a, i just sing into a microphone like, da, 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 improvise something just to get some audio yeah and then um I have a sampler on my computer where you can move the starting point and I just move it around and I play on the keyboard on it to figure out what's fun and then suddenly there's something that's fun and it inspires you and it creates the melody almost uh, on its own and that's nice that's that is kind of like it the, the it gives you something back that you didn't expect and that happened for that it gave me something back that I didn't expect that's cool so you use the sampler in I just heard from your talk that I was to just before that you use Ableton Live, right? Yeah, I used the sampler in Ableton Live. Yeah. yeah. It's really good. It's really uh, easy and fun to use. I think you're right. Vocal processing. So this is lead vocals. Yeah. Do you have any special thing you do? It's pretty... It's not that... Um, it's. It doesn't sound like there's a lot of effects for the... Um, <laughs> there is. <laughs> it, yeah, it doesn't sound like there's a lot of effects for the point of getting your vocal to sound like it's affected. So when you process this, if, when you process your vocal, is it to make it sound um, better, natural? <sighs> was that was that even understandable? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, when I I I process vocals. I don't know. I, I hate make. I hate the term making things sound better. Yeah. So boring. Yeah, I, 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 what is better? What is good? What is bad? That's just super subjective and changes every day. And uh, I'll think a song is good, and then after a while I haven't eaten in a bit, and then I'll hate it. You know. So good is not uh, fun. Um, but uh, when I process vocals, I go for something specific. What do I want? I want. Do I want it to be intimate? Do I want it to be magical? Do I want it to be dreamy? Do I want to really accentuate the lyrics, which I really wanted to do on my last album? I really wanted the lyrics to be—they are very important. So, uh, so of course, I needed to to get the vocal quite clear and get the the words quite clear in the soundscape. I am a huge fan of compression. Yeah, for vocals, I love it because you can you can sing very low and you can go very close to the microphone and it can become very intimate. Uh, with compression, um, and my I think my voice sounds good when compressed. 
doesn't something it's funny because for some singers I can you you would use the exact same processing that I use and it would sound like shit. Really depends on how you sing. Um, but I've been recording my own vocals since I started. Like, that was the beginning, as I I, I I was just talking about in the talk we you were at earlier. That the first thing I did with electronic music was recording myself. So I have so many opinions on how my vocals should sound and how I like it and what's interesting and what's not interesting and stuff. So, um. so I don't know if you do you have one chain of effects that you use per album on your no. vocals? No. It depends on the microphone. Okay. Uh, I, I recorded uh, most of the vocals uh, in professional studios because I like expensive microphones. Uh, and Every, I, everyone those, does. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't buy those. I mean, no. it wouldn't make sense for me to have a, those microphones. But I use like the the uh, Neumann U U forty seven. I also used the Sony C. 404, I think it's called. I'm yeah. not. Don't hang me up on this. It's the one that Justin Bieber used on his last album. Yeah. Very good microphone. I'll Google it and put it in the description. Yeah, yeah. Put it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Google which one that uh, uh, Justin Bieber used on. Uh, and then that's it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I actually I learned a lot from Justin Bieber. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mix-wise, it's just that that album he released is just a fucking masterclass in mixing pop. It's so clear. It's so like all the roles are just right in the right place and the beats are like heavy but you can clearly hear his vocals and I would when we were mixing the album I would put on a Justin Bieber song and then put on one of my own afterwards and I would do that until I could uh, I could listen to my own song without cringing because if you just heard a Justin Bieber mix and then you hear your own song it's like oh my mix sounds like shit oh my drums are not punchy and oh my vocals is not clear and oh my bass is lame you know because he, he's just he's because he is who he is he can hire the best people i think quincy jones was the one who produced a lot of that album and he's a fucking maniac talent so you can learn a lot from justin Bieber. i'll try that i think usually when people have a reference track for mixing they pick something that's equal to their genre or their sound but don't you think i, I sound like justin Bieber? i'm not sure oh. Shit, but I maybe there's something. Yeah, maybe there's something I didn't hear. I don't know. I mean, go and try and listen. I think you will find that there's a lot uh, in the there's mix. a lot of similarities. Yeah. Um, but hey, to go back to your question, no, yeah, um, so I don't have a, 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 a specific chain vocal no. effects chain. Uh, I because the, the the three microphones that I recorded in was so different that every time we would be mixing, we would need to do something completely different with it. And sometimes I use auto tune. I because I like it sometimes. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I melodyne, you know, I, I, I take specific notes that I really want to be completely flat pitch-wise. Yeah. Pitch them. And then I let something else be off-pitch. Um, so uh, just for the people listening, melodyne is a processing tool that you can manually kind of fix notes so they're... Um, Uh, what do you say on yeah. on pitch on pitch yeah yeah it's exactly auto tune it will will tune every single note um, and to the degree that you decide um, and with that you can get the ho the whole cliche Kanye yeah. sound you know where the where you can hear the notes clicking but melodyne is like more for more subtle things you can just choose one note and not do it to the rest of them. But autotune is that more as an so then you want to use it as an effects where melodyne is fixing. Pitch I think autotune is when I want the robotic feeling. I never use it as 
stylically as, for example, Kanye. Um, but uh, but sometimes you can use it you can use it subtly and you can get the kind of robotic distance, which can be good. For example, um, I think it's the song called Nostalgia, my album, where I the the lyrics are very very uh, emotional, extremely emotional, and I, I kind of needed to find a balance. So it wouldn't feel I'm I don't know like sitting in a bar with a person who decides to take off his clothes at at the same time as telling you a really weird story from his childhood, you know? Do you, do you get it was that? Too much, maybe? you know? Too yeah. much, you know? Like it's too intense. It's, it's yeah. I can't. I, you know? If I if I you know sit with all my emotions, and then I find like putting auto tune, like really tuning it hard, kind of made made a distance between me and the listener, which made it possible for me to be so emotional without being too intense yeah um. that sounds very clever <laughs> I, have, I haven't thought of it that way as an emotional tool it oh yeah everything is compressed every, ev- for me everything is an emotional tool I don't it's all very connected in my head it's so funny when I'm sitting with a, a song let's take Shanghai Ro uh, I was sitting with it and uh, there's something that was not working and I just I couldn't figure out what it was And I, th- I f- for a long time, I thought it was the snare. I was like, something wrong with the snare. There's something, and I tried a million different snares. And then I found out it was a line in the lyrics <laughs> that I had to change. That that was the thing that was. And when I changed that, everything worked. And then it, then the the, the the song was easier to produce yeah. because for me, it's all connected. You know, lyrics, ver- melodies, m- uh, effects, equalizing, everything. That's just all th- little things you can tweak to get to where you want to be. Me, then I went down on you. You didn't know what to do, cause I do so well. You dropped me into your bath. I almost drowned in your bed. And then the skyline sang a sound in Shanghai. So, uh, more vocal talk. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of vocals on this, like different styles, I think. Mm. Um, but at the end, you have the spoken. Oh, yeah. The guy yeah. talking. What what is that? Um, that is a audio message that I got on my phone from a person. So And it's real. It's real. <laughs> yeah. Well, all the my album has a lot of these, and they're all real, and they are all by the people that the album is about, which is kind of special. Yeah. And I asked all of them for permission because <laughs> you have to do this. Yeah. Um, this was, uh, I think, because I, I lived in Shanghai for half a year. I experienced a lot there the whole story the love affair the crashes and the techno scene all of that happened in Shanghai and then I went home and I started working hard on the album because when I was in Shanghai I was mostly like gathering inspiration and gathering audio clips and thinking uh, and then I had to you know do the dirty work <laughs> sit, yeah. figure out is it the snare or is it the lyrics um, and as I was doing that of course I, my mind was still in Shanghai because I was making an album about it um, And then this guy suddenly, uh, in in China we use WeChat a lot, which is kind of like uh, Facebook, but they don't have Facebook in China because Chinese government. Yeah. Um, and that's made for audio messages. It's funny, bec- it's, ex- it's, it's there's a very uh, funny reason for that. It's because the Chinese alphabet is super bad for texting. Because <laughs> oh, they have fucking yeah. a thousand or many thousand letters. <laughs> so it takes a, a lot of time to text in Chinese. So it's more incorporated into their online culture that you just do an audio message. So you just hold down a button and you go blah, 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 blah. 
you know, I'll meet you later or see you soon or you know, something like that. <laughs> um, so the English-speaking community in Shanghai, they do the same because the app is made for that. And then suddenly I just got this audio message from this guy, super long one where he was talking about the whole thing and his emotions and how he remembers it. And and in the end he said those things and it's, it's such a beautiful thing he's saying. He's saying, um, I think he says something like, it's a longing that's like deeply grounded in our soul. No, oh, yeah, that's no, now I remember how he starts. And it's so funny and it's so him. He starts, yeah, you're smiling now, aren't you? Because you can remember, you know exactly what I mean. It's a longing that's like deeply grounded in our soul. You look up to the sky and whatnot and you think maybe, just maybe that person is thinking about you too. And then he has a slight pause and you can hear him quiver. If you really notice, you can hear him kind of, he's emotional, he's almost crying. And then he just ends it with, I hope that's an adequate interpretation of my feelings. And I just thought that's, that's just how the album has to end. Because the entire album is a interpretation of my feelings and his feelings and the feelings of Shanghai, the feelings of everyone involved. And I just thought it was so special that I had him honestly telling me what he felt and that he's not sure how I would receive it and that he thought I was smiling because I know exactly what he means. And that's also what I wanted to tell my audience. You know, you know exactly what I mean. You know this, you know the magic, you know the feelings, you know love. I just, uh, it was like he gave me a fucking diamond for my album. Yeah. I think it's, yeah. It, it did sound very authentic, so I thought it might be something like that. But <laughs> it's yeah, cool I, to hear the story behind. It's, it's uh, for me, authenticity is important. It can never, it can never be not authentic with me. Otherwise, it has to be completely, like, made up. Then it's a fucking fairy tale, you know? Then I want to make, like, cowboys and stuff. Yeah. You're smiling now, because you should remember as well. <laughs> you know exactly what I mean. It's, um, it's a moment that's, like, yeah, deeply grounded within our soul, you know? And, um, you, you look up to the sky and whatnot, and you think, maybe, just maybe that person is thinking about you too. Let's talk drums. Top drums. Yes. Did you or I don't remember his name, the guy from Norway? Trond. I think Trond made a lot of the drums. It's kind of difficult for me to tell because Trond and I had a very organic process. We would send stuff back and forth and chat. I really it's so weird. I could print out the entire process of the production of the album. Because I have it on a Facebook chat. That's uh, cool. We we tried sometimes with me going to Norway and working in the same room and it was funny because it wasn't that good. I mean, it was nice, he's a nice person and stuff, but actually it was better when we were just sitting in each our own room, chatting. Yeah. Sending stuff back and forth. Um, and we talked about, it was weird in a way, he was producing and I was producing him producing. Tron is like a very, very like hard, he, he does, he works hard and like very detailed. Yeah, he'll sit for hours and hours and hours on one thing. And I'm more chaotic. I'm more like, oh, I'm like this, I'll change everything. And I very, I'm very, very sure about direction. As I, I care a lot about direction and I care a lot about like the whole image where Trunt in some ways is more like the, the tiny thing. So I would ask him, thank you. <laughs> right. I just got a beer yeah, from a journalist. The beer was flying in. This is, uh, this is All the way from, life. Uh, I don't know, England maybe. From England, yeah. Or Rotterdam. Um, no, uh, um, 
I would I would ask him like Trond, I need I, I can't figure this out. I need the chorus to feel like the building is falling down. And he's like, how the f- how how? I'm like I don't know. Try I don't know. Something with the drums is not working. I need them to to be more. I, I need them to sound less like drums, <laughs> but still beat. Um, that was very much in Shanghai Roy. I, I wanted them to sound not like drums, but I wanted them to have a lot of punch. Yeah. And then I would send him some samples and like try playing around with this, do something with this, let's see. And then he would send me back and I would be like, that's wrong, <laughs> but I like what you did there. Uh, and then I would send him something back and then he would be like, oh, I don't understand. And then we would chat and chat and chat and chat. Um, but yeah, the, the drums are, are, I can't even remember. We've had so many samples in that song and I don't even remember what we ended up using. Um, there's a lot of layers. Yeah. A lot of layers. I think that, I mean, Every single sound is probably condensed of three or four different sounds. So you're talking a lot about the sending stuff back and forth, and I've never done that myself, and I just feel like it must be very uh, time-consuming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How do you do it exactly? I mean, it's just... You just send wave files? <laughs> You just send wave files. You send, yeah, you just send wave files. Because uh, I thought maybe I you were just sending the project back and forth. No, because no. the thing is that when when we were working together, we worked in uh, different programs. Ah. So I worked in Reaper, which I use when I do like hardcore production. Ableton I actually just use for playing live yeah. now these days. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I, I use Reaper when I produce, and um, generally the process would be like I would start like all the 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 arrangements would come from me. So I would I would start making the song, the structure, and then, you know, something like t- t- 10, 20 tracks. You know, have the, the groundwork done. And mm-hmm. then I would uh, send him the 10, 20 tracks and say, hey, fuck around with this, just what, to do something. And then he would send me the audio file, not the, the project, but just the, yeah, just how, the what he did. The master, maybe. Yeah, yeah, the master, and then I would say oh that's interesting the synth you made can i have that i want to do something with it and then he would send me that and then a few hours later he would be like i made something else and then he would send me that and i would be like, oh i also made something else and then <laughs> send it back and forth um but yeah it, it was i think 10 straight months yeah. where i was just sitting at my computer working on tracks or chatting with trunks those are the two things in my life. <laughs> I was I was living in my mom's house because yeah. I was broke. Yeah, as broke I imagine as after Shanghai maybe. <laughs> yeah, and I I had stopped playing concerts because I wanted to redefine myself as an artist. And the thing is, I lived from playing concerts, so <laughs> I was broke. And I didn't have a boyfriend, and I I didn't have a lot of friends back then. I had traveled so much that when I came back to Copenhagen, I was like, oh, I don't have a lot of friends. So it was just really lonely and uh, really sad. And and the only thing I had was the album. Yeah. So I just poured and poured and poured myself into it. Um, I feel like you made some pretty bold and interesting choices in uh, the topic that is panning. Mm, in yeah, I'm, I'm a big panner. I just, I don't know, I just... I like placing stuff in the sides. Just uh, I think it's fun, and I, I'm I'm always like, if I pan, I pan all the way. 
I don't know. It's it's just fun to create like a little universe. Yeah. And the, this sound goes over here, and this sound comes from here, and I think it's fun. So you probably notice the or they are very pale. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. also on uh, sometimes you, what I noticed is that at least three times in the song you uh, had a, had the vocal panned or something in the middle, and then the S was all the way to one side or something. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, to you? yeah, 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 yeah. We we uh, we we played a little bit with that. I wanted it to feel like somehow Shanghai Raw, the song had a little bit of uh, when you're talking to a person and the phone connection cuts. I think it worked well because I checked it on two two sets of headphones because I was worried that I if I brought it up and it was my phone's like shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I no, thought I maybe I that was the wrong uh, I, there's a yeah. there's a specific place in the song where the master yeah. cuts. Yeah. Uh, and that that's because I wanted it to feel like <laughs> the kind of heartbreak if you're having a really important conversation with a person yeah. emotional and I mean I've, I've had uh, several uh, lovers who did not live in the country I lived in so I've tried it a lot having really heavy emotional conversations on the phone <laughs> and then connection cuts and you're like ah, ah, you're like be feeling like you're being stabbed because that person was just about to say something that you were really really interested in because it was your entire heart on, you know, on the line, and then the, the connection cuts, and it's heartbreaking. And I, I kind of wanted to do that in the song, to cut the music a little bit, to kind of keep feeling the f- people that feeling of like, <gasps> is it, is it, is it dying? Is it, is it over? It's also the last song on the album, so yeah, so kind it, of it works well. Yeah. Well, that is pretty much the feeling that I got. So <laughs> well <Yay>. done. <laughs> Didn't know what to do, cause I do so. Well, you drop me into your bath. I almost Can you tell me how you transform it from the master and your like how how do you transform it into a live performance? All right. Yeah, uh, we can we can go specific. Yeah. Yeah. Uh because the whole discussion of how do you transform is big and weird and and and, and I, I, I specific think is good. Specific is good. Okay. So with this one I I play the first verse with a, a bell. Play the chords with the bell, yes, uh, and just sing over it, like like do do do, just play like a little melody, chordy thing with bells, and then I, I pause, and then I go, a sound in Shanghai, and then I release the the track yeah. of the chorus, uh, which I edit a little bit to make it a little bit more simple. Mm-hmm. I feel like simple works for live. You need to t- sometimes take away some of the detail to make it work on a stage. So the, the chorus comes in, and then um, the track goes on. I made it a little bit longer for one of the verses, so I can do a little interlude with the, the bells. Yeah. I really like the bells. <laughs> I found a really nice bell sound in Omnisphere. Um, Omnisphere is a synth yes. that everybody should have in their life. Actually, I don't have it, but now oh. you're the third artist that mentioned it, so I should probably get it. <laughs> get it, and then t- take a week off. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be time-consuming. It is. And, and yeah, and also get room on your computer, because it's, it's like 90 gigabytes or something. Oh, no. Yeah, it's huge. Damn. Um, and then, in the end, when we um, there's like this middle part where there's on the album is synth going I do that with vocals instead live so I loop my vocals I start a 8 bar loop first I loop that and on top of it I put a note where I go and then on top of that I take the 
the harmony of the chorus. So I go, they always have to go sing high And then on top of that, I take the normal one. They always, they always have to go sing high only the ones that oh, so I don't do the answer. Of course, yeah. it's kind of like an answer reply thing. Mm-hmm. And I put them all in the looper, and the track is still going. And then I sing the the final choruses. The final is a double chorus. Sing those together with the track, and then the track stops, and it's just the vocal loop. Yes, it's nice. It's really nice. It's yeah. like we have like all these layers of vocals going, and I go to the front of the stage and I sing the final chorus, and then. I cringe my heart out. Yes. Um, and then I go up and I so I coordinate so that the last line, I I can sing, um, I can stop the vocal loop so that the last line is in silence. Yeah. So I can say another evening staring. Stop vocal loop at a hotel door. And then the song and ends. And then people clap. Yes. <laughs> and I really I wanted that because uh, the whole like staring at a hotel door is such a lonely image. Mm. So I thought it was fun to, to make it like in complete silence. So you really had that kind of feeling of, whoa, okay, that's such so sad. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's the live uh, version. Do you loop in uh, Ableton yeah. as well? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Uh, the, 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 fuck, it's so easy with the Ableton looper because it's like, next time you get to the beginning of a bar, can you start a loop? Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm not like rhythmically coordinated enough to have a looper going together it's with a It's always pretty track. sketchy, I feel, if it's the it's the pedal looper, yeah, because I'm it's not synced, so everything yeah, I, is I, a I, bit... I tried oh. the pedal looper a few times, because, you know, I would be at jam sessions or, you know, with one of the sessions, and they would be like, oh, yeah, you are, you're a big looper, aren't you? Because <laughs> they've seen my live shows, and they're like, hey, here's a loop pedal for you, and I, like, sit and stare at it, like, fuck, oh, no. <laughs> can, I, can I have an Ableton, please? Yeah. As I looked out mid-flight down at the Chinese night Looked like inverted spiderwebs of traffic light Go back to hours before So we are reaching the end of this podcast. Mm -hmm. I ask everyone I have in here um, if they have any advice for other people who want to get better at music or start doing music. Just some, some life advice if you have that lying around in the back. Uh, yeah, um, my biggest advice is don't go for making something that is good. Don't go for making something that people will like and that will be successful because you never know about those things and it's not interesting. Ask yourself, is is what I'm making interesting? Is it exciting? That's 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 the real, the real question. And that's way easier to know. You can super fast, you can tell, is this interesting? Nah, that's not really interesting. Hmm. Or you can be like, oh, this is definitely interesting. And then go with that. Yeah. Cool. Thank you for being here. Thank you. And have a nice day. Thank you. And to everyone listening, here's a full playthrough of Shanghai Raw by Lil Moore. As I looked out mid-flight down at the Chinese night Looked like inverted spiderwebs of traffic light Go back two hours before skyscrapers watched in awe We took a cab in vain and in the haze we saw The words were cutting deeper than before When you